Good evening and welcome to another episode of From the Backseat Football Podcast. On today's show, I'm fuming. We're talking about Tottenham and Liverpool and what an absolute shit show that was. And as my recording, we've just got the audio um, from the PGMOL. So I look forward to uh, reviewing that with Hugh and getting annoyed all over again. Hello, Hugh. How are you, mate? Thank you, mate. I'm definitely going into this weekend in a much better way than you are. And... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to today. It's It's been a controversial week, the kind mm. of week that you, you live and breathe as a neutral when you're not involved in any of the drama. You have a nice comprehensive win away on the South Coast. So, must be nice. May as well jump straight in. Yeah, let's just let's just go for it then. Um, so yeah, Tottenham two, Liverpool one, but two. Let's be real. Fuck me, where to begin with this game? Um, I mean, I tried to bullet point out all the controversy, but after a while, when you get to seven bullet points and you haven't even talked about the actual game or the impact. Do you know what? Let's just start. Let's just start with the most present thing. At the time of recording, listener, um, which is Tuesday evening, the PGMOL has just released the audio, and in their own words, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, we need to delay the game." And that, I think, is how everyone felt watching it. What a mental, mental decision that was to not allow Diaz's goal. Um, I don't really understand a lot about that decision. It it kind of baffles me that. At no point did logic take control and they go, do you know what? Let's actually just stop the game. And my reference point for this is when Brighton played Man United a few seasons ago and the match ended and then they realised they'd made an error and they fucking turned the match back on, basically, and awarded a penalty after the game had ended. So there is precedent for just doing something completely rogue and going around the protocol. So... I think they just shit themselves, basically. I think they just got caught up in their own mistake and just didn't know what to do and just let it just let it happen, basically. They were just passive at that point. It seems like they regret it. It seems like they're probably not going to officiate again, a lot of them, but VAR was supposed to solve a lot of this, and that's what makes it so painful. To, the, to everybody watching it in the stadium, at home, on the TV, in the pub, even in the fucking VA office, it was on time. And it's given offside. And it's changed the whole complexion of the game. And it's the only thing you can really focus on at this point in what was an amazing game for all the wrong reasons as a Liverpool fan. But yeah, fucking fuming. It's a passionate rant, that. My favourite part about that is that it's actually Tuesday evening. And this game took place Sunday. Maybe not even Sunday, this was Saturday. You can still hear the pain <laughs> as he thinks about how it's going to live long. Long what? in the fucking memory that one. Thing is, it's so bad. Right? It's like it didn't look Paddy like Powell's a bad paying decision. Out on this, bro. At Paddy first, Powell's it didn't sound like bets. a. It didn't sound like a bad decision, like on tape, because you know before we weren't used to the kind of angle that the line should come. So you used to draw your own line, right? So like things are different now. You understand what that line was. When they put that line in, it was so clear. I couldn't believe how clear it was. And they showed it. Like, yeah. They showed. They showed the the image that they looked. And then they just carried on. <laughs> it's just like, what? And after the red yeah. card as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is rotten, isn't it? It is proper rotten. It is. I feel bad. All being on the end of it, though. You know what I mean? It swings and oh. roundabouts. The problem with we stop looking at it as we're going to eliminate every error. We're just going to mitigate it. But human error, because VAR is still controlled by humans, we need AI, we, we need to lessen humans in every department in football, in my opinion, because that yes, was a stinker. I agree. <laughs> it was, It was. yeah, I would say this is, one, this is probably the worst day at the office I think I've ever seen as a Liverpool fan, because like, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And of course, of course we lost to an own goal right at the end. Like, that was inevitable. Um, if anything... I'm surprised we even made it to that point, still with a chance of getting something from the game. And that's why I feel like the overall conclusion is that Liverpool, as a collective, can use this as fuel now. I feel like Jurgen Klopp's going to get a lot out of this oh, result. Yeah, in terms he's of doing his home Creating that siege mentality, exactly. you know, and creating that underdog mentality monster thing. It's all there the, now, the narrative, for us to have a really fucking good season, because that was outrageous. It was... 
all. Here's another thing that's really fucking annoying about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they went to the UAE to referee like two days before. Why are referees doing that? What What is that about? This is not a Champions League squad where we're like, right, refs, we've qualified for European competition or Middle Eastern competition, so we're playing two games a week. What is that about? That is mental. Probably irrelevant. Don't care. I fucking hate the PGMOL. And then also, what does what does a sorry do? What does a sorry really do? The only rational thing to do now... It's called accountability. Tottenham, you're not going to like this suggestion. When you come to Anfield in April or May, whatever the fuck it is, we'll start with a goal. Give us a goal. We'll start with a goal. You know it's the right thing to do. And you'll be glorious losers. You know, everyone will be like, oh, what a nice team. And just such a nice guy. Mate, it's just let us score a goal. What a legend. That's the right thing to do. It's the only way to... Sort this out, really. You might still beat us. Big ramp. Big ramp to start off this pod. And plenty more. It should be a credit because Liverpool could have won it with nine men. Could have still could have still nicked it. And that was that kind of game where Tottenham were a good team. You'd have taken a 1-1. Considering the red cards, and we'll come on to the red cards in just a second. You know, it was heartbreaking that Matty, in the 96th minute, Puts it in his own net. Oh, it was the most classic ending. And I hated that it went for Spurs. But, oh, no. you know, I'm glad it went one way. It was one of those games where someone had to win it. Full it's of drama. Finish. Great football for 30 minutes until it got man down. Even when you had 10 men, you still played really well. You shouldn't look at it too badly. You're one point behind still. Uh, you're one point behind Tottenham, one point behind Arsenal. What was it three points behind City? It's nothing. doesn't matter. It's so early. Yeah. It is early. It's just, yeah. There's a lot of positives to take from it, but there's a lot of damage that comes out of this game, though. Like, obviously, the drama, the hysteria, also the fact we've got two fucking bands now. One of them's three games, one of them's one game. Yeah, but what if they get appealed? Matip, sad. Well, I, I can't see... I can't see any appeal being rejected based on the way that the, way that the other decisions have gone. I feel like it's going to be take a real stickler for the rules to go, actually, no, they're going to uphold those bands. But I don't hold my breath. Although, that's, again on Liverpool. that's, up, that's four, four red cards, bro, this season. Well, remember seven Jürgen games. Klopp a couple of seasons ago had that little vendetta against against the referees in the league. So maybe this is this is that. I think he's coming home to roost. Maybe. He did mark himself as a bit of a mad martyr, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was surprisingly mellow in the post-match. I feel like he might have learned a lesson, yeah. finally, that if you go off on the refs, you are just going to have a bad time. And I feel like sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and be like, it's just one of those days where everything that could go wrong went wrong, and we still actually did quite well. Yeah, you just got to pick yourself up if you didn't pull. Don't take it as, you know. It would have been worse if it was like a 3-0 humping. Do you know what I mean? That would have been ten ten times worse than, Facts. than losing by, you know, what should have been a goal. Should have been 2-2. Two, two. Should have been 2 and a half times Liverpool. I think that's the bit because it would have changed the complexion of the game. But also, I don't know why Liverpool fans are acting like they're the only team that's ever been wronged by VAR. I think that says a lot. Everyone's been wronged. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. I quite like the fact that there's still mistakes, but then also if there's still going to be mistakes, I'd rather go back to human eye interpretation because then like you know yeah you're just like okay well it looks inside but we'll never know now we know so when you don't get it right for all the times you do get it right and the ones that you do get right it doesn't really matter does it because you don't really care about an inch no one's caring about an inch we I don't know I feel like it's it's lower the competency of referees though I think so because they know they have this backup I feel like the quality is worse people used to just get most decisions right Pretty much. And it was all fine. Football's really fun. And now it seems like they get so many decisions wrong with all this extra tech. So I feel like they've just got oh, worse. But do you know what I mean? It's like, it's that small difference. Like, what's the point of getting it right when that's like millimetres, you know? And you ruin yeah. an amazing goal. Like, like, it's like, no one, no, no one who actually enjoys football is going to enjoy that over a long, a long period. And as you say, there's no competency. But anyway, we need to talk about Spurs. I don't really want to. So I'll let you do it, to be honest. Um, nah, I will. I will. I think they played. I think they played really well. They kind of 
They play the same way that they play against us. Just play out from the back confidently. Not confidently, but then you worry that when they do get confident, they're going to be a real prospect. Because I'm used to them just hoofing it to Harry Kane. It's weird seeing them play out from the back. Playing really good football. Mm. They've got like a completely new midfield out of nowhere. Out of players that were cast off or, you know, not in the first team. And then Madison and Son up front look brilliant, don't they? No one's missing Kane. I said it from the beginning, Kane was holding them back. No one is missing Kane. It definitely wasn't, but they have they okay, sorted well, it out. They've made it work immediately. Question. Are they a better team mm-hmm. now, though? Arguably. When I say a team, like, yes, the output from Harry Kane may have paid for yeah. the but as a team, as a collective, are they not stronger or better? So I think they are a better team, but I think rather than it being that Harry Kane is gone, I think a larger portion is that Antonio Conte is gone and Mourinho is gone and Nuno is gone. I think having an actual manager who's positive and normal is a bigger factor than getting rid of Kane, in my opinion. I feel like Ange is the main driver between the good vibes and the good football. Perhaps. You could be right. Big Ange has made a massive difference. Right. Let's play a game. Red cards or no red card? (laughs) Curtis Jones. What do you think, Hugh? It's controversial. I think it's probably a red card, but... The freeze frame, what I will say is when you put the freeze frame of the worst possible angle in the worst possible second as the starting screen for a referee, it's basically like showing someone in a court like a picture of someone accused of murder with like a knife, like right there. And it's not like the whole picture. You've already kind of like pushed them down a certain angle at that point. You're trying to tell them it's a red card. They're guilty. Yeah. They murdered him. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're not watching it in, in the real picture, in the real flow of football. You're just watching this specific moment. It was fucking bad, that image. So that was a red card, but he did just roll over the ball. Yes. Okay. Well, this is what I want to talk about because obviously anyone who watched it on Sky would have had Gary Neville just, you know, had a very strong opinion that it wasn't a red card. I don't know if that's just clouded my. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I agree. Know. Gary Neville's a bit of a bit of a live for ally at the moment. I'd say he's one of the loudest voices against all this controversy. He doesn't want to see Tottenham or Arsenal. Cause you can stomach Liverpool deep down. You can't handle. It. He wouldn't. Hmm. He wouldn't want Tottenham or Arsenal. But that's what I mean. I'm like, is it a red card or is it just? Is it not a red card? Because it is like you say. Like it is high, but then he does go over the ball. Is there a rule for that, or is it just interpretation? Because it, I agree. Yeah. It's just it going over the ball in slow-mo. It looked bad. I think it's one of them where his intention was to get his foot behind the ball, you know, to shield the ball. But what's happened is he's just rolled straight over it into someone's leg. Yeah. Uh, that happened so quickly. Like, yeah. It was unfortunate. It's a tough one. And you could accept that as a yeah. But I would, yes, I'd you probably can. say that However, a yellow would have been fairer at that point in the game. Sorry, carry on. I think a few years ago, being 26 minutes in, uh, a yellow would have been fine. That's sort really? of the way the game used to be. It's like, don't really get red cards before about 45 minutes. Even so, the first no, half is probably okay. It's a naughty challenge. It's a big game. Yeah. You kind of allowed one. Yeah, you kind of allowed like one naughty one Early in on. big games or like games like this. Just let them know you're there. Like, that was, that so, was the whole thing. Yeah. So I think it's harsh because it, I don't think it's intentional. But the second the second red card for Jota is the one that irks me a bit more because that first yellow, I've seen I've seen a few replays now. <laughs> so bad. As far as I can tell, Idoki's just tripped over his own leg. Yeah. And Referee's no VAR that. check, no, no nothing, no. Didn't think, should we just double check if this is even contact? No, no? VAR no. check. Oh, yeah, just get yellow out. No way. No VAR check. No, that's dirty. Straight that's in. Dirty. He got a yellow. No Mo got a yellow. Robertson got a yellow. No. Everyone was just getting a fucking yellow, left, right, and centre. No. And then he got annoyed. Did something very silly. Chopped, chopped the doggy afterwards. Bit of payback. No complaints about that yellow. But yeah. Well, okay. Can't be sending someone off for one yellow card challenge. My thoughts in the second. You're all right there. But Yotta, I think you should be less annoyed at Yotta than, than Curtis Jones. You should be more annoyed at Yotta than Curtis Jones. Because regardless of whether the first was a yellow, he did get a yellow. So why he's gone and done that two minutes later, like, it baffles me. Because it does happen a lot, right? You just oh, yeah. lose your head. 
What was he trying to do? If you're going to hurt him, fucking hurt him. He didn't do anything. He just kind of yeah. made it look like it was going to be a really bad challenge, but he didn't do anything. It's like, what are we doing? So, yeah, for me, you're... Yeah, not... I reckon... I reckon what's happened there is, we know that Diego Jota is like one of the best FIFA players in the world. So what's happened is, you know where things are going against you in FIFA and you just want to rage quit? I think what's happened is, he's gone on autopilot and he's just tried to slide someone in the back of the legs and then quit the game. Maybe. Maybe, but then that's just dumb. Like you've gone, you've gone too far. You may as well just absolutely chop him and walk off the pitch. Very, very dumb. Very dumb. And we almost bloody did it as well. But yeah, well done, Spurs. Hope you enjoy your sad little lives. And we move. Do you feel better now? I do actually. That was quite therapeutic. But I know as soon as I go on social media, I'm just going to have to watch the audio again and again. Wow. And again, and the memes. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good. But look at that table. All things considered, it's not major-ish. Two points off top. Nah, but you know, there's only two unbeaten teams in the league already, and that is Tottenham and Arsenal. North London is doing bits. Mad, and speaking of uh, surprise results and not being an invincible, Wolves two, Man City one. Who saw this coming? <laughs> And this, my favourite thing about this whole game by far is, you know how Pep likes to like big up teams that he's definitely about to smash. Um, he usually does it post-match, but he went pre-game here. He was bigging up like Pedro Neto oh, and all yeah, his players. And then he referenced that Korean guy as well. And I just thought, wow, this is such good foreshadowing from Pep because who else pops up with that Korean guy. guy with the winner? And it just makes me so happy. Yeah. It just makes me so happy that Pep's so smart, and he doesn't know Huang's name. There's only like three Asians in the fucking Prem. It's so easy. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he, maybe he just thought he wasn't going to get the pronunciation right. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Who knows? Was it mind games? <laughs> but then, like, what kind of mind games is that? It's like it's, it's a whole kettle of fish. That we're, we're just not I think. He, yeah, he was just he was just speaking. I think he just wasn't really thinking about it. Just throwing throwing uh, names. Just throwing rubbish at the media. I can't believe this result. I thought it was in dreamland when I checked the scores of the other games. Absolutely insane. Um, fair play to Gary O'Neill. So many cracking results this weekend. Yeah, yeah bro. Lift off. Lift off for the big man. Yeah. Little man. Gary O'Neill. I feel like Gary O'Neill's been unlucky so far. He's had some really tough games with balls. They obviously don't look like an inspired attacking side, but they are solid to a fault. Um, you look at how Bournemouth are doing this season. They are. Goodness me. He's a good manager. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's an interesting because he's very early in his career, so no one really knows if he's actually good or he just was the right guy mm. at the right time for Bournemouth. But he's tried to make Wolves more fun this season, play four at the back. They absolutely dominated Man United exactly. in the first game, but they couldn't score, so you're like classic Wolves. Yeah. Same old Wolves. And so they, they are one good goal scorer away from being a very solid mid table team again. But. What I liked and what I noticed about this game, which would be interesting to look at, is that they went back to old Wolves for this game. So, think Nuno Wolves. Three centre-backs, two very defensive full-backs, and just sat really fucking deep and then just sent it. Who's on the right wing? It's the fastest man Pedro on pitch, Neto. Pedro Neto. So channeling his inner Adama Traore. So yeah. And that was their plan. Hit him hard on the break. They had Craig Dawson like fucking Cannavaro in the middle, shackling Haaland. Haaland had 14 touches all game. Yeah. He's been man-marked by Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson! Craig all Dawson. game. And he destroyed Who him. Who would have known Craig Dawson would be the one to finally slay the beast that is Erling Haaland? I don't know. I don't even know how long Craig Dawson's been around top-flight football. I feel like he keeps getting moves. I, feel, yet, like I feel like he's been 30 he's, uh... for like 10 years. I just don't get it. Excuse me. I I've, I think he's one of those... I always forget about West Brom. I want to say he's been at West Brom at some point. Mm. Yeah, he has. He just looks like a West Brom player. He's definitely... That's so <laughs> weird. Yeah, I mean, he's he's played... He's, he's been bouncing around. He's played like, seven years there. Where did he's he come from? He's played seven years there, so... To be fair, I probably, yeah, I probably... At West Brom? That he played there. 
Yeah, but then didn't he go West Ham for a bit? And then he moved from West Ham to Wolves this summer. And I'm like, who keeps buying Craig Dawson? He must yeah, be about 39 by now. But when he plays like this... He's only 33, mate. Hmm? Not that much older than us. <laughs> That's so fucked. Oh, That's so fucked. I don't no. like statistics like that, Hugh. No, I'm not having that. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which football player yeah, are you Craig most like? Dawson, Probably yeah. Craig Dawson, really. Yeah. Quite old, pretty average. <laughs> Solid, mate. Still blooming. in very flashy. Oh, dear. So I've gone down to like, Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson Get him in that England squad. Mate, it's interesting stuff. No one's ever looked into Craig Dawson. He's just an anomaly. He keeps getting better. <laughs> but yeah. Talk to me. So Wolves have done bits, basically, in conclusion. Clear. You thought he was brilliant in this game. So and... Word on him. Um, he was fantastic in this game. No, yeah, go on, like, I mean, he was 52 mil or something ridiculous, wasn't he? And they've got like a, an obligatory option. So I'm praying that he does come mm-hmm. for them because they need a strike so bad. But he could be the answer. Kind of rangy, but he just makes a really powerful run. They got a bit stitched up yeah, with that one. Yeah, it's well. a Jorge Mendes special, isn't it? He is... Yeah, he's very much like... He's like Firmino, but with less output. Where it's like you're trying your best to not judge him on goals and about everything yeah, else that he does, that, which he does great, well. To be fair. But his goal oh, return is pretty play. shambolic. Do you reckon he's more Ianacho? You know how you just always nah. rate Ianacho whenever he has a good game for the first time in like a year? And you're like, he's actually a good player, though. Maybe. Maybe. I've been Ianacho's. Maybe. <laughs> on paper, <laughs> he is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he scored six goals and 40 appearances for Atletico. <laughs> it's not even like he was prolific then. Yeah, nah, bro, I know. joking. No. It, it, <sighs> not even fair. It's a tough one to get your head around. Okay. All right, well, let's just move on because I embarrassed myself, bro. Embarrassed myself. He's the only one to flatter to the sea. Yeah. Let's get on to another very confusing game. Aston Villa 6, right, Brighton and Hove Albion 1. I just don't get it anymore. Ollie Watkins yet. Yeah, go on. Nah, fuck no. Fuck. Ollie Watkins is average. Mate, All of his girls were average. I can't believe He this. was lucky. One of them was deflected. It's exactly what they said about One Harry of them Kane was like near post. Come on, bro. He's, okay, he's not Harry Kane level. All right, he's not. But he's I'm willing for to, me. He's better than Tony. I'm willing to continue. Because he can just score shit goals. Such a talent. Doesn't matter. I... Like, it's a hat trick. Well, who's here? Like, what's the shit? Oh, mm. just, who fucking cares? Like, he scores goals. Ah, oh, nothing. I mean, a hat trick is a hat trick. I do. I just think he's really average. Did. I'm not going to lie to you. And I suspect he will. He probably won't now not score for like eight so. games in a row. Yeah. Well, this is this, this is. And it. then we just won't talk about it. All the same. But I did think that as I was watching it, I was like, eh, it's going to be awkward <laughs> to talk about this because everyone knows I've got a bit of a rhetoric at this point. <laughs> he's just very average. And it's not ideal when he uh, scores a hat-trick and gets a yeah, hard to carry on that narrative. justify that position. And he got this. Yeah, he got this. Yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake. This yeah, is a big result for Aston Villa. You know what? It is mind-boggling that Aston Villa got turned over, yeah. what, 5-1 by Newcastle on the first day? And then Villa's turned over Brighton, 6-1, and Brighton's turned over basically everyone this season, like 3-4-1. It's all very confusing for that, what I'm going to call the 6-7 exactly. like spot, basically. Like, the best team what, punching up. Between the top six, three points between the, the top six. The old Everton spot, basically. Has it, ever, has it been that tight in, like, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. How much open it's probably ever been between that many teams. Yeah, it looks fun. It does look fun. And Newcastle are, you know, lurking there. I expect Matt, uh, West Ham to fall away, but Newcastle are gaining the steam now. United, Chelsea, the kind of mid-table teams holding it up. But yeah, let's, let's, let's get into this game then, mm-hmm. basically. Go on then. Yeah, don't worry about Chelsea. But yeah, let's get into this one. So I think what's happened here is Unai Emery is a fucking tactical genius. And what he's done 
is he's pressed so aggressive. So what, Bright, what does Brighton do? What do we know that they do? They get the ball. They pass it to the centre-backs. Centre-backs put their studs on it. They wait for you. They, they try and get you to come at them. They play through you or they play over you. But they always find a way and they always pick the best option. So what Aston Villa did was they did not press any of the centre-backs. And the second the ball went to Gilmore or Hinshelwood, who was making his debut, poor bloke, they got swamped. John McGinn was like a man possessed. Ollie Watkins was really, really good. Everyone was just pressing the shit out of those two midfielders. And basically, they just did that three or four times and just ruthlessly scored every time they they got the ball. They were disgustingly efficient. This is a bit of an anomaly game because that, yeah, but the, like their XG was lower than Brighton's, which shows that it's one of those. It's just one of those games where everything's just going really, really well. But they had a really good game plan. They've exploited Brighton in a way that you rarely see Brighton get exploited, and when it works, that attacking lineup for Villa yeah, is was a completely special from Villa, and I think they could be top four contenders. I think we have to put them in that in that bracket. Just got good recruitment. Like they've built a really good squad. Well, you, you went did. for it. You put them well, in yours, I think. <laughs> um, they, yeah. Well, I remember it's a bit of an anomaly. I'd say that was a bit of a wild card one. I thought he's got a bit excited there really about their nice the signings, but Unai Emery is notorious for punching up. That's now what I mean. That's, that's why I don't think they're the table as well. Because, like this squad is really good. They actually do spend a lot of money, but they just kind of. It's not enough to really catch people's attention, but it's just smart recruitment. They've probably spent the same amount as Newcastle, probably over a longer period, but I'd say mm-hmm. the squads are very similar. And now they've got arguably the better manager in, in Emery as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to be a good team. Defo. Go on then. So here's a hot take for you. Beginning at the bit. end of the uh, Deserby honeymoon period. Maybe... It was all just a bit, maybe it was all just a bit too perfect and everything was just a bit too good. And he's made a few digs in the last few weeks saying that this was the worst performance when they, I think they beat Everton, which is unnecessary. Or they beat Bournemouth or someone. And yeah, after this, I'm wondering if maybe a little cooling off period now, because it was all just a bit so too definitely back to lovey-dovey right? and a bit too perfect. And it all kind of started when they lost to, they beat United, didn't they? And everyone was gassing them up. They beat Newcastle as well. Oh, I don't know. Is it, is it too soon to say? Mm. Maybe the extra the extra fixtures of Europe. That's why it's a hot take. You you go early <laughs> without real proof or data. You just get you just say stuff. You just say things, and if it comes true, you're a genius. That, and if it yeah. doesn't, you just never talk about it genius, again. Mate. I think it is. I think it's over for Deserby. Bring back Potter. That's why I say. <laughs> Oh, He's not going to make it to the end of the season. <laughs> Potter to return. <laughs> the return of Potter would be mad. <laughs> that would be crazy. Potter back to Chelsea. What do you reckon? Come on to that. That would be a crazy narrative. Do you know what I actually would love to Graham see? Potter. The thing is, Brighton. Graham Potter could be managing Aston right. Villa. Next manager, Bielsa. But that's the level of club that he's going to, That would be so rogue and so fun. But like a good two-year stint, just a bit of Bielsa. Okay. On my side, it looks like Hughes frozen, so... I reckon that's a good time to take a break. So I'm just going to take a break now. Thanks for listening. See you in part two. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Whoa, I thought we lost you. Yeah, I, was about to I take thought I lost the emergency break. The internet just went boop. But let's take a break so we can make sure that this actually works. Because Jack timed so real... so well, I should have just not come back. It must have done really well. Yeah. All right. See you in a bit. Goodbye. We're back with the next round of the games. <laughs> so, I was just so... Uh, <laughs> welcome, Bob. Welcome, Bob. <laughs> I was just so gassed to have plus 20, 20 plus megabytes per second. This is so much, mate. Yeah, bro. This is so much. So, yeah, basically, listener, it turns out Hughes, Hughes' average internet speed is four megabytes a second. For, for balance, mine is 50. It's so slow... It's like he's on dial-up, but he lives in London. It's, it's almost it's, impressive how bad it is. If anyone's noticed the dip in quality, it is my internet. 
I'm tanking this. I'm taking it down. So we may have found the perfect spot. I've basically got a portable Wi-Fi purely for recording pods in the hope that we can just get some connection. So me and Jack can just look at each other on a video call and record it. Literally, all we're trying to do... That's all we're trying to have a normal video call. That's all we're trying to do. You know things you do every day. That's all we're trying to do. You know what? It shouldn't be this sort of BT. It's for this day and age. It's like like making a phone call. You know, it's like we're trying to make a phone call. We can't even do that. It's like, yeah, it's it's basic. BT, if you're listening, we will we will literally sell all your products if you just sort out Hughes Internet. Talk talk, you're done. You're out. Virgin, same proposition to you. Any you know internet providers who are listening. Honestly, we will pitch the shit out of your products if you can just fix use internet for free. Or at least just get them into double digits. I've just typed into Google on the back of that. Has Talk Talk Internet got worse? <laughs> I'm telling what you. Does, what does Google it, say? I mean, it just says, is, you know, there's questions to it. It's like, why is in my internet mm. suddenly worse? And it's like, yeah, fair enough. Who knows? I've noticed, the way I noticed was there was just thunderstorms one day. And I lost internet. And ever since then, it's a bit overcast or it's a bit rainy. Just lose internet for a bit. So I blame the Conservative government, if I'm honest. Internet budget cuts. Exactly. Can't afford full fibre. They bend it off. No. No. They're probably taxing it, the bastards. Letting us peasants eat this scrappy four megabytes per second. But anyway, this is actually about football. At its core, this show. And we're going to go and talk about our politics. With a bit of politics. There's no politics in this game. It was a pretty much a walkover. And we actually enjoyed a nice early season walkover mm-hmm. in Bournemouth last year, which really kick-started our season, and it felt similar. It wasn't as much of a flourish. It didn't play as well. But ultimately, the result was pretty much the same. And we just walked all over. And it was great to see. Um, Odegaard had, obviously, a good game. It is a bit worrying how he doesn't show up for the big games, but he's an absolute killer in these games, for sure. He's just a class above. Saka looks worryingly ready to break, to be honest with you. And I'm really worried about his long-term sustainability. Mm. If he just plays every game, bro. Every game. Havertz does first play goal. like oh, come on, a me. lot of games. How many... Who is the who is the uh, understudy to Saka? There isn't really one. There isn't really one, is the truth. The only player position we're lacking a true mm. backup is, is right wing. Because he doesn't play Smith-Rowe, though. He doesn't play Reese Nelson there. He plays Fabio Vieira mm. there. But Fabio Vieira is much better in the centre mid in the Kai Havertz role. So. I see. You can see what he's looking for, though, can't you? He's looking for a like for like, like inside forward, basically. He's left footed. I know, but that is Fabio Vieira. He's going to break. He's going to break Saka. No one can play this, this amount of games. Give the man stop. a break. 100%. Give him a break. He plays every dude. game for Arsenal twice a week. And then he plays basically every game for England as well. He's pushing like 60 games a season at the age of like 22. Not good. Not good. Well, if anyone can handle it, it's Saka. But he actually went off an injury tonight against Lons. Uh, we've just lost 2-1, by the way. <laughs> um, and he went off injured <laughs> in the first half. So Brilliant. Not looking good. But overall, if we're talking in the context of this game... A lovely result and made mm-hmm. even sweeter knowing the results that went across the country. United losing, City losing, Liverpool losing, Tottenham winning, which is did take it away. Chelsea losing as well. I think Chelsea didn't win. Chelsea won actually. God. So, so yeah, yeah, Chelsea won. More on that. Yeah, more on that later. It, it was a it was a good shock guess. result. Nine times out of ten, you'd be right. <laughs> We have to say we should be worried about Bournemouth. They look a much worse team than they did last year. Bar that first 20-30 minutes in Anfield where they actually look pretty decent, they've shown nothing. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because they have played seven games and they've got no wins. And... It feels it's like a bit, it. It's a bit crude to make this comparison, but they did sack Gary O'Neill and he took over at Wolves and Wolves have got two wins this season and twice as over twice as many points as them. So it's not mm. a direct comparison because, you know, different styles, different teams, different players, but it does seem like what 
might have happened is they got rid of good old like meat and potatoes, Gary O'Neill, Mr. Like yeah, Steak Bake. They got a bit seduced by the Spanish manager, you know, the kind of continental. Yeah. Um, it feels flair, like that. Which all clubs do at some point, you know, we all get a bit carried away. We all think, oh, he's exotic. He's married, managed a team who did okay yeah. last season. He comes from a niche Spanish club. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this guy's come from. I mean, to be fair, I'm not going to put disrespect on this guy. I don't even know his name. To be honest with you, is it Idriola? I don't want to say anything. Yeah, Idriola. And yeah, he came from Rayo Valle. Yeah, this is Rayo Vallecano. Premier League podcast for a reason because you can't pronounce half the names over in the Liga or any other league. We can recognise them, but we cannot pronounce them. And yeah, we're definitely like, on the side of football fans, I reckon. <laughs> what I would say is, are we just looking at the managerial equivalent of Iago Aspas? Very good in La Liga, small club, punching up, suits him well, moves to England, terrible, terrible decision. Like, sometimes you take things out, like, when you take players out Brighton, they just become worse. He just Maybe felt like he had this... a good thing with Gary O'Neill, Bournemouth. Good season. Yeah. Built up. It all made sense. It, it was like, they're a solid little unit and then they just, boom, just got rid. So, yeah, there you it's go. hard. It's hard. But back to Arsenal. I thought Declan Rice was fantastic. Kai Havertz scores his first goal in the famous red and white. What do you reckon, huh? Pity penalty. It had to be. Pity penalty. Had to be. But it was a good penalty. It was a good penalty. So that was something. That. I was nervous I was thinking... watching it. I was like, yeah, because yeah, I was like, this is one of those things where this can go very, very well or very, very badly. And it, you know, based on the way he started, maybe this is not the right thing to do. Because if he misses this, Hell to pay. he's going to be fucked for a Hell few weeks. To pay if he misses that. It's going to be overwhelming on social media. No, I agree. You know, just, just the sheer volume of memes. But he did score and... You know, 007, 008. It's a bit concerning though, isn't it? How much encouragement does this guy need to get motivated? Or get his confidence at least. 65 mil. I'm not turning on him. I'm just saying like, for me it's a concern. It's almost like the Jadon Sancho. It should be a concern. Yeah. It should be. You compare him with other new signings who have come in. Like Sabodzlai's come in, made more of an impact, similar kind of role. Madison's been unreal. Like, they're all roughly the same kind of player. It's not like he needed a bedding in process. He's just, he just looks like a worse version of Granite Xhaka, which is mm. not a sentence I ever thought I'd say. But Granite Xhaka, mate, he was really good Granite, last year. Underrated last year. And look, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're top of the league over in Germany. Mm-hmm. It's Xhaka. It's probably to do with Alonso, but let's pretend it's to do Xhaka. The Rock. Have a granite. He's just a shit Granite Xhaka. It's just a shit granite shaker. <laughs> now that's a football shot. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a shit granite shaker. Shit granite shaker. <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be a good one. Be yeah, good man. One. We can have fun with that. <laughs> well, let's move on to Old Trafford. United versus Crystal Palace. Palace walk away with 1-0 win. Roy Hodgson masterclass. Can you believe it? He's done it again. He's done it again. I can't believe it. He's actually got a great run. Because he he's does got a it. great run at Old Trafford. He, Have you seen? He does it every year. Yeah, seen it. Five years in a row. Every year. Right, keep talking. It's cat. I can actually hear that. So, yeah. I don't know if you can hear that, listener, but Hugh's obsessed with his cat. Regular listeners will know this. The cat wants to go in. The cat wants to come out. The cat's about to appear on video in a minute, momentarily, I'm sure. <laughs> ah, and yeah, Hugh, will get, Hugh will get very <laughs> distracted and just start... <laughs> not responding to anything football related and uh, just stroking his cat and being weird. So now we've got a video you, know you can noticed? actually see this. You know what I've noticed is I've, you know that thing that mum does where she's on her phone and she's just smiling, just writing a text. Mm. You could be like, mum, <laughs> the ceiling is coming down and she'll be like, sorry, what darling? You know that? I'm picking that up. Oh yeah. I can't do both anymore. <laughs> I sit there, I look at my cat, and obviously I can't hear. People, if I'm texting, I'm just kind of smiling, looking at my phone. Just oblivious to the rest of the world. Turning 30 is a cruel twist. Okay. So what, you are you just me? sitting there, just stroking the cat? Just smiling? Just lost? I just I can't in seem the goodness to of it. stroke the cat. It sounds like some weird euphemism, but 
can't stroke the cat while podcasting. It's hard. It's hard. I don't know, dude. Yeah, you haven't tried it. Not the best phrase you you've ever had. It. No, it wasn't, wasn't my deal. No. No. It's nah. better than her. It's cute cat, though. It is a cute cat. Yeah, well, I look, I look forward to seeing her. Seeing her soon. She's a fucking cute cat. No, I don't. Anyway, on to other cute animals. Roy Hodgson. Not as cute in the rain. Looks like a, looks like a wet owl, but what a wet owl he is. Um, oh my god. Yeah, man. That's a good segue. Longest, longest unbeaten run at Old Trafford for an away manager. I've made that start up, but he hasn't lost in five games, so it's probably real. Um, what a fucking legend. <laughs> I love what a fucking you. legend he is. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit facts. <laughs> yeah, hey, fact check me. Good luck Googling yeah. that. <laughs> it's fucking impossible. I couldn't even get the stats on it when I Googled. Has Roy Hodgson won or lost at Old Trafford? It's very difficult. But he, yeah, he's just a binary guy. 1-0 here, probably 1-0 last time. 2-1, 3-2, whatever. He's a binary guy. He grinds it out. He likes Jordan Ayew, which I think is very sus. But Everyone, every manager he's just likes good vibes him, in his old age. Yeah. He's doing bits, yeah. is our Roy. He's just good vibes. He's yeah. doing bits, our Roy. And like, a centre-back scored a great goal in this game. It's just it's all very right. Roy Hodgson, all of it. It's the main talking you know? point. I mm. thought Anana could have saved that. I'm not even trying to be like, Anana. Genuinely, if you look at the angle, it, De Gea would have saved that. I know De Gea might have you know, made a mistake or passed out from the back and conceded another way. But I'm telling you, the Gea says that. Yeah. Well, you could you could apply that to a lot of a lot of moments this season already. Odana is looking bad currently. He's looking, he's a looking like ropey. a bad goalkeeper. Looking a he bit looks like ropey. a serviceable midfielder, but a very bad goalkeeper currently. That's the concern. Well, I'm I know he's been brought in to play out from the back, but... You, you know what I mean? It's almost like, like if you did... wish for United fans. They used to think De Gea was the root of all evil, and he wasn't. He mm. just was a bit shit playing out. Yeah, the they ha- they did. They got worse. They actually got worse. We we just assumed this would be a fix. It made sense. Yeah. But like, if you do a power just... rankings, all all the starting goalies in the league after seven games, he's in the bottom three so far. He's That's in the bottom three worst performing goalies as a hot take after seven games. So I'm looking at the league table and I'm like, I don't know who Sheffield United's goal is, to be fair. But, yeah. He's Maybe down he's there. not suited he is to the performing game. very, very badly as a goalkeeper. And that's got to be a worry. It's a massive worry. I'd be really worried. And I think United fans are worried. I don't even think it's that. He just looks like he can't <laughs> save anything. Like, shots go at him and he just dives the wrong way. He's just... This, he, this one, David he's to be bad. would have saved it. De Gea was a brilliant shot stopper. He would have saved him. Mm. Um, so, yeah, to end our Man United section, Everton won. Luton nil. Uh, so annoying. Everton, why are you like this? Everton, why Why are you like this? <sighs> did, you say, did you say Everton won, Luton nil? Yeah. Is that right? It's very annoying. Oh, dear. I can't just enter that. Yeah,いやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやいやい
if they can get it right, might just might just be enough to keep them up because there's always that horrible team like Sheffield United who were progressive but also very championship. And, you know, previously Burnley under Sean Dyche. I feel like maybe just being different, smashing set pieces and just being a really wrong. horrible place to go. You're not wrong. Might honestly be enough. Yeah, it could be a shout. And there are three teams arguably worse. I mean, I put them in the mix with Bournemouth, Burnley and Sheffield. I think Everton's in that mix as well, to be honest. But they're going to struggle mm-hmm. with all those teams this year, in my opinion. And they're all the bottom five. It's a worry for Everton. It's like they could have built on their win last week. Which was a great win against Brentford, away from home. They come back. Yeah. Got Luton at home, who at the time were rooted to the bottom of the table. Build some home support after just really toxic atmosphere. It's just like bosh. They've just, they've just ruined straight it. Straight back down. Ruined it. Straight back down. So yeah, they're the new owners in the stands as well. The Americans in their baseball caps. I saw a lot of memes oh, of. Uh, have you watched Succession, Hugh? Have you watched the session? I, I tried starting it, but my attention span's got I'm like a goldfish these days. So oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't really get uh, into it. Well this reference is not gonna work on you. But there's a lot of Kendall Roy going on, basically. A lot of Kendall Roy vibes about them, like not very serious looking American businessmen in baseball caps. Just all looking a little bit shocked that their fucking massive acquisition is not really looking very good already. Mm. And it would take a brave investment group to buy Everton with all the financial problems that they have. Half-built stadium, owner whose fucking money is tied up in the Ukraine war because he's Russian billionaire. Like, Farhad Mashiri, yeah. who just hates it. Toxic I mean, fan base because they hate the board. The board got punched, one of them, I think, last season. Pretty a sure. lady as well. It's just... It's toxic. That is not... That's not the kind of investment. You're, they're looking at it from this is the lowest it'll ever be worth, and I get that. But yeah, you could just buy a championship club. They're going to be switching places next season, realistically. Thing is, if Everton got relegated, where Luton is damaging for every club to go down. For a club like Everton, with the, with the problems they've got with finances at, at the moment, as it is the Premier League club, if they go down. It could be like a Leeds. It could be like a Sunderland. Mm-hmm. It could be like a Derby. Yeah. You know? It would be sad if Everton went down because they're, they're a quintess- quintessential Premier League team. They're a top division team, Everton. And it's, it is quite sad to see they how are, bad but... they are. <laughs> they're so bad. Kids. They look so bad. They are so bad, dude. And the so worst bad. part is so many of their assets and players, which they, they always buy players for way too much money. Bar Murray Gray. Don't know why they got rid of him. But, like, who of their players is worth real money? Onana, DCL, Pickford. I'd say that's probably the main ones. And that's not going to fill the hole and the massive no. debt. Just, so, the thing yeah. Is that, uh... I don't know. They have a squad that should be doing far better. It could be do. They should be looking to be like Brighton or Aston Villa. They should have those aspirations. West Ham. They should be Aston Villa. They just, were Aston Villa. They for were a while. Aston Villa for a while under Moisey of all people, and now he's doing it at West Ham. Yeah. So maybe respect Moisey. Nah, fuck that. Nah. Um. <laughs> so sad. Nah, nah, fuck that. Right. Yeah, anyway. Fulham nil, Chelsea 2. Chelsea won again. Chelsea won again. Can't believe it. And Mujic scored his first goal. Oh, Can you I'm believe actually, it? After 20 odd games, he's bloody done it. I'm actually happy for The you. return on investment begins. A goal has been scored in a professional match for the be 70 mil bitch. winger. Nah, it'll be in hard. Signed bro. in January. After twerking for yeah, Arsenal for a long time, it was a we are now good in October. Goal. Seven months later, he has just <laughs> paid back that first million. Sixty-nine more to go. It was a good goal mm. though. Takes it from the left chest. It was a good goal. Fucking through the legs of Ben Leno. Great goalkeeper. That's the Madrid we all thought we were going to see. It would be a cruel. Come on, it'd be hard it to say. It would be a cruel. It would be cruel of me. He, you could see the relief on his face. It's just pure relief. Right. Pain. Just He's dissipating. So I was, I was happy for him. Come on, I was happy for him. And I thought Chelsea played really well. But then also, Do you know what? Argue. I've just thought of as yeah, well. Go on. 
Oh, sauce. No, no, go on. Do you know what I've... I've just realised something. Mudrick's for fucking Ukraine, for fuck's sake. Like, he's got enough to worry about. Yeah, dude. It's no wonder he's been shit, actually. When you actually think about it, he's got a whole country to worry about. He's 100%. in England and everyone's making fun of him. There's fucking half of his mates are on the front line, probably. No wonder his head's not right. No wonder he's not playing very well. Yeah, but people haven't factored that in, do they? Fuck. I've got to, like, mental health is... Why have we factored that in, though? It's so obvious. Because it's better, it's, you know, it's like, easier just it's to so... laugh. God, you know, you just want to laugh, don't you? I just feel bad now. It's criticism that isn't right, but it's the way that football is, unfortunately. It's the way that it is. That's what football mm. Twitter's made it as well. Is that, you know, it's like Caicedo. As soon as he went to Chelsea, it's like every Liverpool fan, Judas. Usually that kind of hate was reserved for like sold Deserved. Cattle. But on football Twitter, you can rile each other up and you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a mental place, mate. Yeah. Like mental opinions. It's like, I forgot what we've been talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, sorry, I completely railroaded that fucking joke. Where did we go? Had. Where did we go? I, I thought it was important to get Matrix. it off my chest, you know. Basically, the trick scored. Maybe. This is what happens, dude. <laughs> like, oh my god, no, Madrid actually scored. Like, fuck, dude, what the fuck, dude? It's giving yeah. me fucking epiphanies, mate. Like, it's fucking whoa. changing my whole perception. Like, Chelsea won the game. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Two years ago when they were winning the Champions League, oh, just like. When you put it like that in my head, it's like, what the hell, mate? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Oh, that's mad. But yeah, they were good. They, they were good. good. Breuer, you know, introduced the side, looked really good, to be honest with you. Yeah. Looked like the kind of strike they desperately need up front. Uh, and certainly an upgrade on Nicholas Jackson. Yeah. Which did a lot. But we won't go into that. You wonder if they kept Tammy Abraham, because he would have fit, in my opinion, the what they're going for, the Chelsea hierarchy as well. So I find it weird. I, I mean, find, like, it's not out of the question that they just sign him back. Oh, for like 100 mil, they made many bad decisions. <laughs> made yeah, Brogan looks quite good, but I'm pretty sure he went off injured in this game, so... Again? You're joking. I don't know how bad that was. You're bloody joking. Uh, yeah, I think so. No. I think so. After scoring a really good goal and looking good. I don't know how bad the injury was. It might have been precautionary, but yeah. Oh, no, that's Wasn't sad, looking sorry. great for him. It's not looking great, bro. That's crazy. That's happening again. God's sake. Bro. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I mean, Fulham was just Fulham bad. Were Fulham bad. were pretty bad in this game. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, we did say this in our predictions. Selling Mitrovic seemed like Fulham were going to have a bad time this season. They were just going to... Really they they were too good last season. They were XG anomalies last season. And... Raul Jimenez, we've established, is just not... He's not that guy anymore. He has no goals left in him. And Carlos Vinicius is just bad at football. He's 28, and no one wants him. He, I don't know why he's there. He's not very good. They've tried that, to replace That's Mitrovic, not enough. Yeah. That's not even... That's not even Mitrovic's, like... That's not even, like, his fucking arm, you know? Mitrovic would have been perfect for this game. Yeah, Bullying Chelsea. Chelsea are delicate, you know. So true. Mentality's low. Just being a nuisance. So giving us something to worry about. This would this could have been a very different game, but it was just so easy for Chelsea. It made it look easy, though. Cole Palmer played like, quite well as well. New front three. Madrid Palmer. Broya. Does make you wonder why they why they keep buying right winning. It's crazy. Right wingers, Sterling, but, all of it. It's mental how, how much they have, and yet... Oh, I don't want to go into it, but... I know XG is nothing to go by, but if you look at their XG in previous games, they were always outperforming the other team. Not always, but you know what I mean. Like, yes, they've mm. been losing, but the stats suggest that they've been creating chances. So it was a matter of time before they got a win. But it's just interesting that I'm sitting here talking, you know, encouraging words that Chelsea got a win. Haven't done this since 2004, yeah. perhaps. No, we've never spoken about Chelsea. It's a low like bar. This. It's a very, very low bar. Maybe that season under Mourinho where it all went nah. wrong. The other weird anomaly. Yeah. yeah, but that was funny. That was really enjoyable. That was, only because that was it was funny. such a shock. And it's still funny. But now it's kind of like, nah, we're getting used to it. And that's yeah. really the worry for Chelsea is that everyone's getting used to the fact that they're getting humped. Yeah, same as Man United. It's still funny, but it's just kind of... I mean, we put Man United lose to Crystal Palace just like in the middle. 
it's not, not even a big deal. A big deal bro. It's, it's not even worth talking idea. about, really. That's such a good point, sorry. It actually yeah. used to be such a massive deal. Now, I, now it's like, meh. Yeah, like we put City losing, losing to Wolves as basically the second game. Is that's the equivalent. Because that that's the shot. equivalent. Yeah. Man United, we could have put it last. We could have put it last. Could have Because it's like, nothing doesn't surprise you. They lost today. I know. They fucking know. lost to Galatasaray sure today. It because I didn't want to upset them any more than they should be upset. But it's not looking good, mate. I don't know how much longer Ten Hag's actually got. If I'm honest with you. Who would you you've bring got, in? You've got to stick. For me, you have to stick. What do you What do you think? What do you think? Do you know what I mean? Nah, you can't, you can't flip that on me. I'm still I'm still trying to fucking process who I'd bring in. Um, poor. Who would I bring in? Um, Sedan. Fuck it. Why not? I don't think Sedan would do it. Another call. He's been out of work for ages. Doesn't seem to want any jobs, does he? But I'm sure Man United could tempt him. They're not scared to spend a lot of money. I just don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he wants it. I think he only got eyes for like Mm. PSG. Madrid, like he's won three Champions Leagues in a row. Why would he ruin his reputation and go fucking United? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's ruining. Like Ten Hag should be doing well. Maybe, yeah, I don't want to get passionate about this. I'm not passionate, but do you know what I mean? Ten Hag, by all means, should be thriving there because he's got. He did so well at Ajax. And he, yeah, there my is. My concern is, is like the squad he's built is dog, for, in, in my opinion. It's such a weird mix of like Mason mm. Mount with Casemiro midfield. I don't know, like, there's no vision. You look at what Liverpool have done, McAllister, how old is he, 26? Rosaline, 23? Top, top midfielders, you know what I mean? No fuss, no chasing, no moving to second targets, just bosh. Didn't get Caicedo? No problem, move on to, uh, you know, Endo. They got Amrabat on deadline day, sure. But, like, any if you get anyone on deadline day, really, it's like mm. you're in your bets. I don't know, dude. There's just no vision to Man United. It's not joined up, and... Yeah, I just don't believe in Ten Hag's ability to actually build a squad. I thought he was just lucky at Ajax that they had the Ajax academy. It might just be a bigger problem. I think there's very few managers who could turn it around, and I think of the ones that could, none of them would go. Like Pep, Pep and Klopp would be the biggest. They'd be big enough personalities to actually sort it out and turn it around, and just tell people within Man United that this is dumb and we're not doing that. And I feel like Ten Hag is sometimes that guy, but maybe they don't take him as seriously mm. as they should. They feel like he's in control of the actual club. I feel like he's sort of having to work within the confines and the rules of non-football people in Man United, all the yeah. mysterious bots, basically. Perhaps. I mean, so many managers have failed that it can't be the managers at this point. But, you know, when, when, when things get really bad, it'd be interesting to see nah. who, who, you know, what happens. Do the Glazers sell and finally admit defeat? Does Ten Hag get the, the time he needs to build a squad? Who knows, mate? All I know is, is like, without Rashford on form, and that's nothing you can rely on, it's just an average team. Brute Fernandes is their, is their best way by, by a country mark. Yeah, it's so true. That hot spell really masked a lot of cracks last season um, for Manchester United. Just Rashford mm-hmm. just bailing them out. Now, I'm going to segue really nicely here, Hugh, yeah. and I'm sorry to do this, but speaking of hot streaks, are we entering Almiron 2.0? Here we go. <laughs> because the guy just scored an absolute screamer in Newcastle's win over Burnley. And if I remember correctly, it was the same time of year last season Everyone starts to get very suspicious how Almiron became the best player in the world for six weeks. And something something about autumn, the guy likes the sort of cooler, cooler climate. And yeah, he he scored a worldie in this game again. In what was a very easy, comprehensive win for Newcastle. And my only observation, if I may, is Newcastle. We said it in the summer. Tonali, good player. Might be a bit rash. We went on the basis that he's Italian, <laughs> midfield, a midfielder, and that has not worked out perfectly generally as a transfer uh, profile. And they had sort of mixed starts of the season. He was starting every game and he's been brought out, I think because he's injured, and they brought Sean Longstaff in, which is 
pretty much the other end of the scale oh, of Tonali. This is a guy who 100% his ward, yeah, his wardrobe is like Abercrombie and Fitch from like 2008. Hasn't changed in fucking ages. A bit of Burton in there. Top shot. Um, and they look great. Like they haven't conceded any goals since he started the last three games. A very Midfield competent midfielder. Just perfect. Yeah. And I wonder if this is just a case of like, you know, like how Liverpool's midfield on paper when it was Van Alden, Henderson, and Fabinho, and you were like, none of those are like it that works. good. Yeah. But it just works. It just makes sense. And they all become better. And if you take one piece away, it all starts to fall apart. Maybe this is that. Maybe without Longstaff, Joe Ellington is not that box to box like rampager. Maybe without Longstaff, Gimaresh is not able to dictate the play because he just gets found out and he just gets fucking pressed. Who knows? Football's funny like that. But yeah, that was my that was my take from this game. Longstaff is a better fit. Listeners, I did not have any out. insight or opinion anywhere near that. My my, my takeaway, what I'd like to say is, what a goal from Miggy Almiron. <laughs> That was a finish. <laughs> Back to the start of the section. Right, Jack's maybe come up. That was brilliant, Jack. I love that. But can we just talk about that finish? Oh, take please. it away, mate. Take it Raps away. Left foot. You like indulge yourself. Regen. Just... It was kind of centered as well, wasn't he? So like to actually beat the goalie like that with a kind of finesse shot, fuck, mate. We yeah. maybe are seeing the renaissance of Miggy Almiron. Early November, Miggy. That's it. It's, it's honestly an incredible, incredible redemption story. Is it story. a redemption story, though? If he just starts to become like hibernating for three months every year, he just becomes... Conserves his energy. Oh, it is a redemption story, because he was their record signing. The last signing under Mike Ashley, I think, and he was terrible. He, he was really time, good as well, wasn't years. he? And everyone just felt sorry for him. Mate, they just started punishing everyone. own back. Yeah, just just. Mate, God bless Miggy Almiron. Mm. Well, do you think Vincent Company's going to last the season before we move right. on? You think he will? Yeah, he will. I think he will. They were so good in the championship last season, and I'm. Pr- they've had they've had really horrible fixtures. To be honest with them, they've had the worst fixtures of any. Um, but what I would say is, I think they play Luton tomorrow. And that is a must-win game. Otherwise, there's going to be actual pressure on the board. Completely agree. Do you want to do the final one? Yeah. Do we have to do the final one? It's Forest one, Brentford one. Um, Point apiece. Very fair no, result. Really. Brentford are lacking a little bit, aren't they, this season? They usually start strong. Yeah, they're a bit off it. This could be an unpleasant season for them. It could be a bad season for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they just miss Ivan Tony. Yeah. He just bails them out of these tertiary games. This would have been potentially two one. Yeah, would have said right. nothing about it. He's just missing Ivan Tony. It's that specific what they're mm. missing. It just looks wrong seeing Mbemo and Wissa without Tony spearheading. It's just yeah. not the same. Just gets It's just not the same. They their form they haven't scored for a few games, like two, three games now, either like of them. They're going it's down. They're yeah. going down. Bring him back. I saw Ivan Tony played a game, by the way. He played a game against like Como FC or something behind closed doors. And he's not allowed to. I'm not I'm not a lawyer. But I remember very distinctly that his band said he's not allowed to do any football related activities. And I feel like playing a game behind closed doors is by definition very much right. football related activities. So I don't really understand what's I going on. I haven't seen anything like that. Let me have a quick look on Twitter. That'd be mad if true. It's a bit of a conundrum. Ivan Tony's bad anyway. We categorically do not support it. Nah. Release Ivan Tony. Tony. I'll take him at Arsenal in a heartbeat. Would you take Ivan Tony? I feel like Liverpool could probably benefit from Ivan Tony. When you have so many strikers, but you also don't have many strikers. It's a really weird kind of... Mm, yeah. I yeah, I don't think we need him. We're, we're quite stacked. I think we've got five solid first-team forwards at this point, plus 
There's probably some youngsters. Get some minutes. I think we're fine. Stocky Ben Doak. Don't even forget about Ben Doak, mate. Mate, he's... Scottish mess. I don't know if he's good. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if he'll come good. It'll be interesting to see. It's the beauty of Ben Doak. No one does. Scottish no one Messi. does. Yeah. His nationality is going against uh, him in my head. Uh, but we'll see. Do you know what I mean? It's just not really had like sort of good dribbly like technical kind of player players come out of Scotland. Just really. work ethic. Yeah, I feel like he might just end up just somewhere in the championship and that'll just be that. A bit like Harry Wilson. I know he's at Fulham now, but you know what I mean? He spent a while just sort of oh, drifting right. around. Play Salah, we'll see. <laughs> no. Anyway, we we're not talking about that. Uh, that's it. That's what we do. Well, that's that's what we do. That's what you do in Football Manager, though. <laughs> you would just have Ben Doak as the one-and-a-half-star, two-star Ability, five star potential player, and you just you just feed him ten minutes every game until he oh, got to two and a half. Two star, four star, few cup games, you know, like determination. But life's not that physicality. Things that you just that can't be developed. I think you're right. I, I reckon so. Like yeah, because like so many players well, are really good. On. If he's replacing Salah, yeah, they don't the usually pan out, but really you get very excited for two seasons. Must be good, really. He looks he good when he comes up, but he does just look he like a little like stocky boy. So, I don't know. But I reckon he's going to be like Messi, where he's just so strong. Just bounced <laughs> we'll see it, we'll, yeah. We'll see it pans out, though. Some 100%. people do go through, like, ridiculous transformations 100%. around, like, 20. Could be like, yeah. So, we'll see. And on that very emotive note, I think that's a good time to stop. Everyone can just oh, leave with the image of Ben Doak being six foot five, like looking like Captain America post blow up. Wow! Sorry, that's crazy. Yeah, Leon Leon Goretzka yeah, after that one summer at Bayern Munich. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, remember that? Started eating. I don't know what he was eating before, <laughs> but he was eating, bro. Yeah, bad. But yeah, thanks as yeah. always for listening. I apologise again for my absolute caveman internet. It's got to stop. It's got to stop now. All right. So I'll get there. I'll get there. Don't hold Jack accountable. Yeah. This is purely on my internet. And it's a struggle. It's not clear what the fix is at the moment. Yeah. I'm literally just looking <laughs> at a, a pixelated potato for half of this. Oh, so you know what? If I'm just talking that's over the him, risk. That's the that's risk. That's why. We've done all this I don't for an hour and a half. I don't know what's going on at my side. <laughs> and it's just us talking Unusable. Oh, so you're gonna have to bring Ashley. You're gonna have to well, bring Ashley back with his 5G fucking. We'll, we will see. Dialed into the hardware. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I get BT. Kingston's finest.